Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Bubble. Nothing personal word of the day is bubble, as in the NBA bubble. And we are lucky. It's a Samson sit down with Joe Varden, who is in the bubble as we speak in Orlando, the successful Orlando bubble. Joe, thank you so much for being here. Happy to join you. I hope you're doing well. I understand you just made, you got back from a run. Do you have to run inside the bubble? (laughs) Yes, you do. Um, there's a big loop that kind of, that that surrounds the Coronado Springs Resort where the whole NBA operation plus 17 teams are staying, and um, we can run in a big circle around that. You just can't go out onto the road road, you know, where uh, like out where Disney World is. Once you do that, then you are out of the bubble. So as part of being in the working with the athletic, I've read all of your articles. Do they make, do you have to be in shape? Is that why you're running or are you a runner? I am a runner. And uh, in addition to that, these days are so long, David. um, And there's so much to do. And um, I've had trouble saying no to these games. So um, I I need that, you know, 45 minutes, hour, just to kind of clear my head and, and, and stay active, keep your blood warm. Um, Because that's the other thing is that, yes, we're in Central Florida. Yes, it's 93 degrees here every day. Um, The humidity is ridiculous. But inside these arenas, it is freezing, freezing. Like we all we all have on hoodies and we all have on jackets. The coaches are wearing long sleeves. You can see them on the bench. Like it's so cold in there. So that hour run is my uh, is my time in the sun here for the most part. So I am a runner as well and training. I live in Florida. Where do you live, Joe? Uh, West side of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. So you are now learning to run in Florida. When you get back to Cleveland, you will be able to run forever. If your body gets used to running in humidity, it's a life changer. It's painful and difficult and you will lose weight. Make sure you hydrate. But that said, when you get back and when it's in the 50s and 60s, when I do marathons, uh, you can basically just run forever. Oh, wow. Well, you know, looking forward to that. So the reason why it's so cold, I was just thinking, uh, I was thinking about David Letterman, who is famous for keeping his studio freezing cold because he doesn't want to sweat. And I do the same thing because I'm a sweater. And uh, the truth is the games, they're like in studios. The, the arenas have become studios because there's no fans and they look like the games are in a studio, almost like a video game. Is that the feeling you have when you're at a game? How, how strange is it for you to be at a game inside the bubble? Um, it's, it's really not strange anymore. And, uh, even the fake noise that they're pumping in, um, I guess in a way it lulls you into that sense of security. Like you, the sounds I'm hearing maybe aren't quite as loud as I'm used to. Um, you know, in normal times, but, but it's, it's fine now. Like, you know, I'm used to the video boards. 
you know, you I'm used to sort of the intimacy of the game, um, just kind of being in there with those guys. I think the only jarring part is when you are watching the game and you're hearing you're hearing the noises pumped in and everything feels normal. And then you look to your left um, and you see where the crowd is or would be, and it's like eight people sitting in chairs 12 feet apart, all staring at their phones or quietly watching these games behind the mask. And that is the part that's still jarring. Like, I, you know, I watch a player, like I'll watch a LeBron or Russ Westbrook, and they'll make a play, and then they are very much into looking out into the crowd, and they still do it, except now who are they looking at? I mean, the one guy sitting in the chair, are they looking at the video board behind them? You know, I, it's, that's the part that's weird. So tell me how it happened. Did you get a call from someone at the athletic or how did you get asked to go into the bubble? Were you, was it a tough decision for you to go into the bubble? How long are you going to be there? Tell me how that process works. I think people are really interested in that. Well, um, there's a lot there. I, I had no, uh, I, I had no hesitation to do this. Um, we knew that, at some point they were going to have a restart to the season. And as the details slowly came in as to what maybe that would look like, there were conversations ongoing for weeks, maybe even months about the idea of, well, who would go, who wants to go. And um, I just, you know, I, I was a yes, regardless of, of what the, the setup was, no matter what and for how long, um, you know, I think there's a couple things to it. I, I like, the feel of a, of a daily grind. And, you know, I like covering large, like expansive events. Um, You know, I I went to with team USA to China last year for FIBA. I was supposed to go to the Olympics. Um, So so I I like the, I liked the idea of the event. And then, you know, my job here as a national NBA writer is to go to the big things. And this is the biggest thing ever. And, and I just felt like this was a piece of not only sports history, but American history and, and an incredibly crucial assignment, you know, I, I think. I mean, because this is much larger than just finishing a season with a billion dollars at stake. I mean, it, it is absolutely a social and, and scientific experiment with the uh, potential for great success or catastrophic failure, um, you know, obviously because people can die from COVID. So, you know, th- there was a lot riding on this. I was always a yes um, as it turns out, I'm going to be here through the end of the first round of the playoffs. So nearly a two month stay, and then uh, a colleague will, will come in for the end. So, you know, I'm trying to write every day, um, which I certainly, I haven't missed a day in, in weeks. Um, I think there was one day at the end of quarantine where I took a break, uh, a one day break, but otherwise um, I've written every day and I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to chronicle, everything I see and hear and what it's like inside this bubble. And, and now we're in a, in a basketball season and we're in a, a race for the eighth playoff spot. So a lot to get to. So when you're in the bubble, I was just thinking that I'm picturing the Truman show. Did you ever see that movie? Of course. So I'm picturing, it's one of my favorite movies and I love movies. I'm picturing the Truman show because I've been to Orlando. I've done the dopey and the goofy and, and all sorts of races. And I've taken the kids to Disney world, et cetera. So I'm picturing an empty Disney world with a city where all you see whenever you go out are basketball players. Is that, do you see basketball players just walking around when at wherever you are? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, it was like, 
I mean, taking you all the way back to maybe my first full day out of quarantine, I was sitting there eating lunch outside. Um, maybe it was an early dinner and it was after it was in between practices. There was a number of practices, um, here at this gym or at, at, at this uh, location. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I know that there are a bunch of referees next to me. And then the next thing I see is Mike Malone, the uh, coach of the Nuggets, come out and he sees the refs and he says, all your drinks are on me. I'm buying all your drinks tonight. <laughs> um, you know, every day I see whole teams walking from practice to breakfast or from practice to lunch or just kind of, you know, heading off for drinks at night. Although I'm not really here at night anymore, so I shouldn't say that anymore, but I know that it, that it happens. Um, you know, you'll see LeBron walking around here with, with Anthony Davis um, and, and uh, usually like KCP and, and Dion um, for the Lakers. You know, you see the Raptors walking around, the Heat. Uh, I see Brad Stevens all the time. Uh, in the mornings, I see uh, Eric Spolstra. He, he's walking. Um, you know, for a while, uh, Ty Lue and, and the Clippers assistants would go for runs. Um, and I haven't seen Ty out there. In about, in about two weeks, I want to know why. He said he pulled a hamstring. So, uh, but yeah, so that's that, that's kind of the crazy thing is that that at this resort, you know, the seven teams are in this tower, but it's still on our property or on the property with the media and all the TV crews and and all of NBA security and NBA front office and the referees and on and on and on. And so we're all kind of crammed in here together. You have to wear ID. So, I mean, I know the players know who you are, but is there sort of a, uh, a unwritten rule that when you see players uh, walking around or working out that you don't approach them or you don't want to interview them or they don't talk? How does it work? Because I would think that you'd be able to get unique insights and the, the, the blurred line of what's on the record versus off the record inside a bubble may become difficult for you because you may be seeing things that people would be definitely interested in, but you would never have seen them. But for the fact that you are in a bubble, how are you and your editors dealing with that? That's that it really hasn't been difficult. Um, it really hasn't. I mean, I've been, you know, been in this league a long time. Um, you know, spent a lot of time like on the LeBron beat. And so I'm used to like the highest of high profile uh, athletes and sort of, you know, how to cover them as, as humans. And, you know, I mean, first of all, it's part of the rules that you're not supposed to interview anybody um, outside of the designated areas. But beyond that, you just don't, you just don't want to, you're not, that's not going to help you trying to uh, surprise somebody here on their way to go get an apple. Um, You know, you say hi to the people that you know, and um, it's a little bit more difficult because we're all wearing masks. And, um, you know, even players that you've known for years, sometimes, like, it's hard to tell who they are, like, if you can only see their eyes and, and vice versa. So um, it, it really th- – that hasn't been an issue. I mean, I've used what I see that I know is all right um, to, to kind of color the presentation of, of what I'm writing. Um, and, you know, I've written about late nights uh, of wine drinking here for, with the players. But, I mean, th- that's because they told me about it. Like, it's not something that I would have seen and I couldn't see it. Uh, because where they're actually hanging out and actually partying, like, I can't go and, and can't even really see. So, um, but even if I could, that's just, that, that part isn't the job. And, and you just have to kind of keep that in mind. Are you eating Disney food every single day at three meals a day? Each have you day. had, like, a breakfast with the characters yet? 
<laughs> I have not. Um, you know, they just started cooking for us, uh, you know, almost right away. As soon as the players started screaming about the food, they totally changed the presentation for them. And they were having buffet-style cooked meals uh, with somebody serving it to them, one person behind plexiglass using real plates, so everything kind of turned around. And for us, for a couple of weeks, they didn't do that. Well, they've changed it, and now we have the same general um, food prep that they do, which everybody's happy about except for me because for some reason, like I, I'm about a month and a half into trying to go uh, you know, plant-based. And there were all kinds of options, all kinds of options every day when they were pre-packaging our food and just kind of leaving it in a hot cooler or, or a hot container or, or a cooler. Um, and I was eating well, was very happy about it. And then now, now that they're cooking, it feels like the, uh, it feels like my options have diminished. So um, everybody else is happy about the food change and I'm, I'm upset. You could, you can order from restaurants, um, but it would, it costs extra and the athletic is, is part of it's the fee that it paid to get into the bubble, um, covers three square meals. And, and generally like I said, I, I like the food. And so, um, I don't, I just, I haven't bothered ordering, ordering from anywhere else. I'm picturing Lloyd Bridges in the movie airplane where he said, it's the, I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. I'm wondering if you chose the wrong time to go plant-based because Disney, I keep picturing LeBron walking around eating one of those huge turkey legs and then stopping and getting that sugar donutty circular crap that people can eat at Disney. Any of that? Like are, are any of the, like, do you get pancakes that are in the shape of Mickey? No, you don't get any of that. The one thing is the uh, iconic chocolate and uh, chocolate ear vanilla face Mickey ice cream bar is inside the bowl. It's there in the uh, in the lunchroom there at Wide World of Sports. So that part is there. Otherwise, no, there is there are no Mickey waffles. Um, I have not seen any turkey legs. Uh, I have not seen the cronut, which of course you are referring to. Uh, no Dole Whips. My sister has asked me if I could have those delivered to my room. As far as I know, I cannot. So, Are people uh, trading pins? Are there <laughs> pins available? No, I, I think people are probably trading masks. Uh, the, um, the, the NBA provided a bunch of really cool-looking uh, cloth masks, and they have different patterns on them. All have the Jerry West logo on the side. And so I think that's probably the uh, unit of trade. That or wine. So it sounds like everyone is behaving and it has been incredibly successful. And, and I spent 18 years in baseball and MLB is having a hard time. And I understand trying to uh, have a season without a bubble and why MLB couldn't have a bubble. And I think Adam Silver has been a leader and I've talked about it on the show quite a bit, thinking about how he put this together and it seems to be working. The one thing that I spent a little bit of time on on the show and I need to ask you about, have you either called or manned the snitch line yet? <laughs> no, I, you know what? Um, I, I no, no. The answer to that is no. And certainly somebody could, could uh, call me out too. Uh, and I, as far as I know, nobody has. Um, you know, I mean, we, there's always going to be times where you're walking around with a drink in your hand and, uh, thinking that you don't need to have that mask on. Um, and that's, you know, that's against the rules, but you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know what to say about this. Like they, 
by and large, there's 1,500 people here. You see masks all day, every day, everywhere. Um, the players are way better at it than I thought they would be. Um, you know, you're talking, I don't know, 18, 19 hours a day, pretty much where you're out. Um, not a whole lot of sleep going on. And I mean, maybe you're seeing people in masks for all but one of those hours. So um, everybody's, everybody here is being tested each and every day. Um, I think hygiene is, is way up considering what this event could be. And um, so I, I, I'm feeling pretty good so far about the rules. We'll see what happens as we start to get into this next week um, and teams start to realize they aren't going to make the playoffs, uh, how they feel about finishing out the schedule and following the rules. And like I, I think that's when maybe the next uh, possible security breach could be, if there is one. So you're being tested every day as well? Oh yeah, yeah. Each and every day. And is it the? How does that work? Is it the nasal or the saliva? Both. Um, it, neither one is bad. It's a it's a it's a two swab test. Um, they they tickle your throat and then they just kind of bump around your nose. There's no brain touchers. So this is part of your routine then, because if you're getting it every day, I don't know. You run every day, and then and then is there a time? Do you get slotted so you have to put it in your calendar? How does that work for? The testing. So you just have to um, you just have to get it done by the end of the day, which I can't remember if it's eleven o'clock. I think it's 11, I think you have to get it done by eleven o'clock at night. And if you don't, then you're you land yourself in quarantine until you get another negative test. Um, so you know you just got to remember to do it. I, I mean, I do it um, pretty much midday usually. That's that's pretty much my time. Does the athletic fine you if you don't get tested every day the way the NBA is going to fine its players? I mean, I, certainly there's a list of finable offenses um, that the athletic could, could uh, you know, could use on me. But, but no, I, I think, you know, I, I think they would give me at least a one-day slide. <laughs> I, guess I, don't, I haven't taken a day off yet, so, you know. I'll just so say. I, want to, I want to switch gears for one second because one of the biggest uh, uh, issues in, in 2020, there's been two that I would say COVID is one and all of the uh, – social unrest that has taken place that the NBA has certainly been a leader from an industry standpoint. And it's been a little bumpy in terms of the anthem, in terms of social justice statements on the uniforms. You know, we had down here in Miami, a lot of talk about Jimmy Butler who wanted no name on his Jersey and they didn't know what it would be. And then he came out and his name was on his Jersey. They asked him, he said, I don't know. I never heard back. I don't care. I'm going to play basketball. Have you been able to speak to players? Because one of the concerns that I had with the social justice statements on the uniforms is the pressure that is on players to either A, choose the right one, B, choose one, period. C, explain it to people like you, to explain it to people like us, explain it to the media why I chose what I chose, why I didn't choose anything. Has that been articulated by players when you've been around them or when you've been uh, uh, either doing interviews or just seeing them? Or is that something that I'm blowing out of proportion as an issue? Um. Well, I mean, it's certainly, it's a persistent prevailing topic of discussion for the players. Um, you know, they, they will discuss it, you know, the, the general idea of um, racial injustice, seeking social justice. Um, th those are things that they will bring up on their own, even if they, if they are not asked. I think the hot button topic for some uh, media when they are covering this is whether or not you kneel for the, for the anthem. Um, 
you know, I, I, I don't know about the names on the back of the jerseys. Um, I mean, it's certainly like I, I look at them, but I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what kind of impact that's having um, on the, on the general uh, population. I, I don't even know if they are still, if the TV, uh, if the broadcasts are still showing the, the protest before the game with the, with the kneeling, because the teams are still kneeling for the national anthem, but I, I don't know if, I don't know if they're seeing it. So, you know, I think, um, they certainly are. They certainly have brought attention where they wanted to, and they will continue to try. And then the next thing is, you know, is probably to is is I. Well, I guess we'll see. I guess that's not for me to say as as to what they do next. But um, you know, they they are certainly saying their piece, and now it's the, the probably the next thing will be more of a of an activist role, right? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I want to talk about LeBron for a minute because we had LeBron here in Miami, obviously, and it was one, two, three, four, five. Let's keep going with titles and the beginning of the big three. And uh, I, I think a lot about him and, and, and the pressure he's under, not just to win on the court, but the leadership that he now wants to show off the court. They're not. And, and obviously, it's, I'm thinking about Michael Jordan, who was my nemesis as a Nick fan in the uh, 90s. And I'm thinking the difference and the different tack that they've taken where LeBron is using his platform in a way that, that Michael did not and the impact that has. And when I speak to players over my years and talk about issues like this, obviously we never had to deal with anything like this. Maybe we should have, but we never did. I'm wondering, you know, you've been with LeBron a long time. It, he looks to me uh, tired and the playoffs haven't even started yet. And I know he's got pressure to win. He wants to catch Kobe and Michael in terms of rings. And he wants to get his fourth asterisk or no asterisk, which I don't think this will be. He's got to get through the playoffs. Are you noticing what I'm feeling about LeBron when you speak to him, when you see him? Does he seem tired to you? I don't know. I, I actually, I had, the, I had the exact opposite feeling with him during training camp here and, and in the scrimmage games. I thought he was playing with, um, I thought he was really playing with energy. I thought he looked fast uh, and playing well, in a good mood. And then you're right. You certainly are right. In these three games so far, as of this taping, he does, he's back to step slow, which is actually how I thought he looked at the beginning of the season you know however many years ago that feels like um his first couple games weren't good he wasn't very good on opening night against the Clippers back in October um same thing here uh even though they won the game so so I I think he's I mean I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he will find his rhythm and find his gear um it's been a long time since he's been been in the playoffs for him I mean it's been since um June of, of 2018 his last year in Cleveland but but I think to your broader point there is a little bit of of fatigue for him 
Um, being as old as he is, he's 35 now, he'll be 36, but this is his 17th year. And this year obviously has been a tremendous strain on, on just about everybody on the planet. Sure. But within the Laker kingdom there, I mean, they were almost political prisoners in China for a week and then came home and, and LeBron said the wrong thing. And so now they had all these problems and then Kobe dies and it's a total just bomb within the whole organization that, that in ways they're still recovering from. You have the general pressure of being the Lakers and trying to win on the fly with a new coach, with Anthony Davis there for the first time, and then role players who don't necessarily fit. And then this pandemic hits. So, I mean, that, you know, for somebody who's already been to nine finals, won three, won four MVPs, like it's kind of answered everything every question been at the forefront of, of social of the social justice movement in the NBA opened his own school in Akron. Like that's a lot. And I do wonder, I really do it to what degree what's happening now in this kind of whole, as this unfolds, like what impact that'll have on the end of his career. And even if it cuts it short, I'm exhausted just with the list you just gave. And I'm thinking back to October when the season started, I, it feels like 10 years ago to me. So I can imagine, and you know, what's interesting about this playoffs, and I just want to touch on this before we go, the Bucks and the Lakers and their home court advantage, the NBA, different in MLB, but with NBA, home court advantage matters. Do you sense that the music that's played and the cheering and the way they're trying to manufacture the noise in certain ways, is there actually a home court advantage for this NBA playoffs? You know, I'm not sure. And, and, and even when you ask, ask them, like, wh- whatever they say, I, I don't know that the answer could be right. Like, I, what I can tell you is they try to mirror, maybe mirror or at least make similar the game presentation um, for whomever is the home team. The PA announcer, you know, goes nuts for the, for the team who's supposed to be the home team and, and is very monotone for the for the one that's not the, the music presentation is the same. Um, so the horns that they play are the same. So like when you, when the Raptors are at home, like you recognize their music and you recognize what you hear and how loud it is in there. Um, or when the Clippers play, it's the same, like Boston, uh, very, it's, you know, they, it's the same stuff. So, you know, it, so you, you can maybe say, Oh, like this reminds me of being home, but it, like there's nothing that can replace like the energy of a Laker crowd at Staples or a Celtics crowd at the garden. You just can't. So, so I think the, I think the ultimate answer is no, but the NBA tried. You know, they, they put the logos on the court for the home team. I just feel as though that there's going to be some surprises in the playoffs. And I think it hurts the Bucks and Lakers more than any other team. So just to end, because Joe, I know it's you got to get back to uh, John Travolta and get back with the bubble, but I need to ask. So give me your pick. Who's going to win the NBA Finals in a season where it's almost impossible to predict and there's almost no chance you can get it right, and I'm putting you on the spot in such a horrible way, but let's have it. Who do you have? Well, I don't mind answering this because um, I've, I've probably answered it three different ways already and feel <laughs> terrible about those answers, so... Today, I'm going to say the Raptors. I think the Raptors come out of the two seed and they, they win it all. 
That would be one of the great stories of all time to lose Kawhi Leonard and then win again. It would be like the Nationals winning the World Series after losing Bryce Harper. Pretty much. Which means it can happen. (laughs) Well, Joe, I want to thank you so much for your time. Please stay safe. Keep running and embrace the humidity because I want to hear back from you when you get back to Cleveland and realize that uh, your two months in the bubble completely changed your cardio life. Uh, You got it. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Thanks, Joe.